Josh. 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 Huh. It's so empty here at Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy Towers. Many people think that we're a very low-budget organisation, but actually there are billions of dollars being poured into making this podcast sound the way it does. We have audio in engineers putting imperfections into the audio stream, so you cannot tell we're recording in state-of-the-art podcasting facilities. But it's a bit boring if there's just me and the team of engineers and the recording studio executives and the administrative assistants. But no Josh. No Josh. Oh well, I guess I can only rely on the comfort of going and seeing what's happening with David Icke and Alex Jones, and of course the wonders of my very clicky keyboard. So over on davidike.com there's a variety of articles, but a slightly better variety than usual. Now, the first thing to note is that David Icke has written yet another book. Last time we talked about davidike.com, we talked about his book, The Trap, the book which is not a reference to Return of the Jedi. Now he's got Perceptions of a Renegade Mind. It's on special for £10 or $12 all week long. That was posted on the 18th of January, so you've still got time to buy it if you really want to. And the blurb for this one is, David Icke has been writing books for decades, warning that current events were coming. Yep, current events were coming, David, you're quite right. He has faced ri ridicule, mostly for that last sentence, and abuse, also for that last sentence, for saying that the end of human freedom was being planned, how and by whom. His latest highly topical book, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind, is published in very different circumstances, with vast numbers of people acknowledging that he has been vindicated by the happenings of the COVID era. He's put COVID there in quote marks. His predictions over more than 30 years have been proved stunningly accurate since the turn of 2020, often down to the fine detail. I've been to some of your talks, David. That's not true. Anyway, the blurb goes on and on about how he's accurate, he connects the dots. Uh, there's a global cult which is operating across borders to advance a long-planned agenda for total human control. And it ends with, David Icke's time has come and perceptions of a renegade mind is destined to be an international bestseller that could not have been published at a more important and relevant time or with such a now receptive audience to what he has to say. Pretty sure that's the blurb he uses for every book he's written. So yes, Perceptions of a Renegade Mind, yet another book by David Icke, which will repeat things from previous books by David Icke. I do not feel the need to read. I've read enough David Icke. Talking about reading enough David Icke, here's, here's a case where they've posted a story and the commentary is entirely in the headline. So the headline is Paper Mile, States Move Towards User-Based Road Tax. This story is written as if it's about revenue, but it's really about the cult agenda to stop people having vehicles. Sorry, I'm doing my Bill, Bill O'Neill voice from news radio there. And they've just reproduced an article from... No, she's from the Epoch Times, which normally... Or maybe the Epoch Times is also doing a similar... No? This is actually the Epoch Times having written an article which isn't actually conspiratorial. And that's unusual because the Epoch Times usually is pretty conspiratorial in their presentation of information. 
and DavidIke.com has put the dog whistle and made it loud. So the basic story is this. In certain states in the US, they're going to use cameras and satellites to basically track cars as they move along roads. And rather than give people a, a generic road tax worth a certain amount each year, it's going to become a user-pay system. So if you don't drive much and thus don't use much for the road, you pay less road tax than someone who is paying sorry, driving a lot and thus paying a lot more in road tax. And this is a system that's been basically advocated around the world to say, look, it's a more equitable system if people pay for their use of the roads. So people who don't drive much but cycle more pay less in the way of road taxes, whilst people who drive more and use the roads more and thus are the people who are contributing to road degradation and thus the need to repair and restore roads, road maintenance, they will pay more. And yes, there are some people who go, oh, no, it's not really about revenue. It's about stopping people from driving cars. And that actually might be a happy ippy phenomena of a policy like this, and that people who don't drive much and realize their road taxes are lower may well then go, well, actually, I can reduce that down even further, whilst people who do drive a lot may end up trying to optimize how they travel in order to reduce their road tax. So, yes, it's a happy epi phenomena that a user-pay system for road maintenance will might end up leading towards people being less inclined to use their cars. But it's not the desired endpoint. The desired endpoint is to simply make sure that the people who use the roads more contribute more towards road maintenance. But apparently that's a conspiracy and not just an advance on consumerism in our tax-based society. More conspiratorial. Uh, this headline is the FAA has quietly, tacitly admitted that the EKGs of pilots are no longer normal. We should be concerned. Very concerned. So this is a story that in October of 2022, the FAA Guide for Aviation Medical Examiners widened the EKG parameters. So an EKG or an echocardiogram is a way of measuring heart function. And they've basically extended the range for what is normal activity for pilots. So it used to be a narrow band, now it's a slightly wider band. And this article is going, oh, this is, this is very much due to the fact that COVID-19 vaccines have ruined the heart rates of the majority of pilots. And rather than the FAA admitting that COVID vaccines are bad, the FAA have just quietly changed the spectrum in order to allow these damaged hearts that pilots have to be able to still fly. That makes it sound as if I'm saying the hearts are flying the planes. These damaged hearts in pilots, those pilots will still be allowed to fly and we should be worried because it means pilots will die in midair and we'll get something like airplane or airplane two. Now, I did a quick search on DuckDuckGo to see if there's anything to this. And I got myself into a misinformation spiral because if you search for, say, FAA, EKG pilots, all you get, or at least all I get with my ta tailored algorithm, is the same article. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, 
15, 16, 7, oh, so 16 instances before we then get to say FAA.gov, which talks about the range for echocardiograms. It's only if you go a lot further down that you discover that this change in range was proposed by the Trump administration, so we're talking pre-Biden years, and apparently it was suggested in 2019 before the pandemic had even occurred. So if it turns out that this change is about COVID vaccines destroying the hearts of pilots and presumably the hearts of everyone else, then it's something that the Trump regime actually planned for before the pandemic was even known to exist. So this is a classic case of correlation. There was a planned change. It's come in now. People are going, oh, what could have caused that change? The only major thing that's occurred between then and now is the pandemic, but it turns out it was actually planned for before the pandemic, which might be evidence the pandemic was planned. Or it might... Did I just say pandemic is planned? Or did I say pandemic is planned? I could roll back the tape, but I'm not going to. So there you go. It seems like a big story, but it probably isn't. And talking about big stories that probably aren't, the final story we're going to look at at davidike.com is the headline... Fauci lied. Children died. Secret CDC report confirms nearly 120,000 youngsters died suddenly in the USA by October 2020, following rollout of COVID fake vaccines. COVID's been put into scare quotes there. So it makes you not entirely sure how putting COVID in scare quotes and then saying fake vaccines work, because you're already saying COVID is fake, so it's a fake vaccine for a fake thing, or is it a fake vaccine for a real thing? Who knows? Whoever writes the headlines at ourgloriousdavidike.com, well, they're doing weird things. So this is a story that apparently in October of last year, it was revealed that about 127,000 children had died due to the COVID vaccine. And if that's true, that is quite alarming. Although, once again, you have to actually do kind of base rate to work out what the... The death rate for children turned out to nor normally be. We do, don't need to get into that. We don't need to worry about the base rate. Because the first problem with this report, if we actually go to the place which this is copied from, which is, oh, now I've got pop-ups which I have to make disappear, is from exposenews.com. And this was published on the 17th of this month in the year of our Lord, 2023. And what's interesting is that the David Icke one says by October 2022. The report that they're relying upon doesn't mention October at all. They mention that there was a report released in the first third to half of 2022, which had this massive number of children who were said to have died within approximate range of being injected by one of the doses of the vaccine. And they're going, this is a terrible thing, because this shows that the vaccine leads to child death. Once again, we need to look at medical procedures and death rates associated with those procedures. Also, there's no indication here that the vaccine is causing the death, just that there is a death within a period of time of a child being vaccinated. 
But if we actually then go and look at routers, or is it routers? Maybe I'm thinking about the Wi-Fi router in the house. And actually, it's routers is the news agency. Doesn't matter. You'll find that actually the report they're talking about, which is from the first third of last year, the CDC offered a correction, which actually wipes out around about, actually not around about, exactly 72,277 deaths. So it turns out that the numbers have been readjusted because, let's find the exact quote, the algorithm was accidentally counting deaths that were not COVID-19 related. So the, we have several problems with this David Icke com story. They're saying it's a October 2020 report. Actually, we're looking at something around about March or April. There have been corrections since then. This has been a problem around the world with the pandemic as to exactly how we count what counts as a death associated with either COVID-19 or any of the therapeutic remedies we're using with respect to COVID-19. There's been horror stories in Aotearoa, New Zealand. There's a big debate going on about how deaths have been counted in countries overseas. Countries keep changing the way they count deaths. One of the big issues that's going on in the UK is the UK keeps on changing how they count a COVID-related death, and that means it's becoming very difficult to compare rates of infection and death from one wave of the pandemic in the UK in 2020 to waves of the pandemic in the UK in 2022 and now in 2023, because the way that you calculate what counts as a COVID death has changed dramatically in that time, where they expand and narrow the definition depending on diagnostic criteria. And if you're relying on an algorithm to then generate these numbers, you get further issues as well. Now, of course, you might think the CDC offering this correction is part of the conspiracy. They were embarrassed by the accidental revelation of how many people had died due to therapeutics, vaccines, and the like, and thus they've offered a cover story to make that disappear. But even if that is the case, the DavidIke.com story is still misrepresenting the time frame that the story occurs on. And one does wonder whether this is one of those situations where expose.com needed a story and they reached back to the first third of last year and then davidike.com simply cut and paste sections of that story to produce their own story without doing any checking or updating. And that there doesn't seem to be much journalism going on here. It seems to be more journalism. Actually, we need a word which is journalism and unwarranted conspiracy theory infused. Who knows? Maybe someone can come up with that. Send it into the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. We have a team of people to work on those things, allegedly. So, yeah, that's davidike.com. Now, over on infowars.com, well, we should do the usual thing. There's a poll. What are the globalists really up to at Davos? Now, we've got four options. Option one, plotting satanic depopulation agenda via Great Reset. Interesting. Option two, having productive discussions in furtherance of humanity. Hmm, controversial. Option three, decadence and debauchery. Oh, I'm up for that. And option four, not sure. Now, 
I do think the globalists probably are having a decadent and debauched time at Davos, but I actually think the actual agenda is having productive discussions in furtherance of humanity. So I'm going to vote for that option and submit. And, well, only 3% of respondents agree with me. So 76% think they're plotting satanic depopulation agenda via the Great Reset. 12% are not sure. Oh, sorry, 10% are not sure. And 12% are going for decadent and debauchery. And I am one of the 15,751 people who voted. So you could probably do what 3% of that is, actually. Like, why not? Let's, let's do a bit of math. Everyone likes a bit of math. So 0 0.03 times 15751. 472.53 people voted for having productive discussions in furtherance of humanity. That's not really many. Hmm. No, so that is 3%. 3% is not m many at all. Now, if Josh were here, and he's not, he would be looking at the political cartoons. And I feel I should probably look at the political cartoons as kind of in memory of Josh, who is probably dead. Our first one, it's a two-panel cartoon. The first panel, two people in bed, one person smoking, so it's a, po a post-coital situation. And that person is saying, why do you care what consenting adults do in the privacy of their own bedroom? And the second panel is, and there's a feminine-shaped character lurching into flame, that's our son. Oh, you really poked fun at woke identity politics there, stonetoss.com. Then we've got Document Gates, which has Biden pulling a very large dumbbell-esque thing. That thing which... Chompers have in the Mario Brothers games, you know, attached to a chain, the big black ball. And he's pulling these, he's trying to cross over into 2024. Uh, it's kind of just one of those political cartoons which is on the nose and not particularly interesting. And then we've got Branco, Americans for Limited Go Government. Their 2023 cartoon has Biden saying, yes, I plan to run in 2024. And there's a donkey... Pulling Biden away with a kind of umbrella-like thing that says Seven Ways from Sunday. It also says Deep State, because these political cartoons have to really hammer home the message. They do not expect people who read them to have any degree of nuance or be able to infer anything from the images. And we've got Mitchell2024, who obviously is the person they think is going to replace Biden in the running for president in the next election. And then we've got No Room for Migrants and Mayor Adams blowing out the flame on the Statue of Liberty. I don't think they realise the flame on the Statue of Liberty is not a real flame. It's actually part of the statue, which actually indicates that Mayor Adams is incredibly strong for being able to use his breath to make that flame just disappear. So I think they're getting the wrong message there. And then... Topical cartoon, it's a four-paneler of two police detectives investigating a mysterious death, and the culprit, the culprit, the murderer, turned out to be a gas stove. Uh, it's actually, in many respects, actually a nice bit of short fiction. But yes, apparently making fun of the idea that gas stoves are dangerous. And the thing is, they are. It's just an unfortunate reality that it turned out one of our favourite ways for cooking meals in a pan 
turns out to be actually pretty bad if you don't have adequate ventilation in homes and most people don't have adequate ventilation in the home and we probably just have to accept that gas stoves are a bad idea given the way we've designed kitchens. That's just the reality. It's not a conspiracy. It's just we've discovered something which turns out to be bad. Like when we discovered that lead in paints is bad. Lead was really great for making particular types of paint, but it also turns out that it was great for paint, bad for human beings. But then again, I'm now suddenly reminded that Trump wanted to relax laws about having lead in paint. So conservatives, they really do want death in the home to be much easier to access. Which I guess is a strange form of liberty, making your home more dangerous so you can die without having the government impose regulations to make you safe. Otherwise, the stories on Infowars, not particularly exciting. We've got a bit of scaremongering, a headline, number of male immigrants invading Europe hits highest levels since 2016 crisis, which is basically doing the dog whistle of there are rapists coming into the EU from elsewhere. Europeans should be concerned. But of course, we actually know what's the what they're calling illegal. Um, uh, well, actually, no, actually, no, actually, I'll give them cr credit. The headline says male immigrants. The next line, or the first line of the actual article, illegal immigration into Europe soared in 2022. The article does actually dance around the fact that it's a refugee crisis, so it's not actually technically illegal migration. It's more the case of there's a refugee crisis and countries are trying to control how many migrants they take in. But the threat, once again, and this is common for Infowars.com, is that if you've got men coming into your country, they're probably rapists. If they're foreigners, if they're locals, it's absolutely fine. The other vaguely interesting story, before we get to our final story, which is a, a bit of frippery, is Human Sacrifice, Then and Now. This is an article by Jeffrey A. Tucker from the Brownstone Institute, and it's a long meandering piece about the fact that we cannot judge people in the past for their human sacrifice because we don't understand the context under which those sacrifices were taken and the belief systems those people had. And so Jeffrey wants to compare human sacrifice by the Azteca to apparently human sacrifice under COVID-19 lockdowns. And so he wants to make the claim that somehow human sacrifices, so the literal taking of lives by Azteca priesthood, is similar to the fact that children had to endure a year to two years of lockdown and learning in isolation. And apparently that is a human sacrifice we've made. And he does want to judge people for the human sacrifice made today, even though we're not really meant to judge people in the past for their human sacrifices. It's a very weird article, which does that interesting conservative dance of you cannot you can't judge people in the past for being racist, they don't understand the context under which they did, but we are going to judge people today for what they're doing because that's wrong. But if you call out historic racism, well, I'm just not going to allow that to be there. Very weird article. Very, very weird indeed. So our final story 
It's about Jeremy Clarkson. So this is a Paul Joseph Watson story. It's a special report, uh, which is simply Clarkson is cancelled. It's a video, which I'm not going to go into, in part because Paul Joseph Watson's stato editing style for his meandering speeches just don't really take my fancy at all. But I was going, why is Clarkson cancelled? Now, for those of you who aren't from English-speaking countries and don't know who Jeremy Clarkson is, he was the host of Top Gear in the UK, a motoring show which actually appealed to people who don't like cars due to the humorous and kind of interesting banter by the three co-hosts, the way they talked about cars, made cars interesting and approachable, even for people like myself who have no interest in ever learning to drive. And Clarkson lost his hosting gig on Top Gear when he assaulted one of the producers on the show after a long day of filming, came back to the hotel, and he just wasn't given hot food. He was given a platter of cold meats. So he punched the producer who produced this food in the face, and then that led to the BBC going, actually, sorry, your job is done. Now, that did not stop Clarkson from having a successful career. He hosts... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on ITV, and Amazon snapped up all three of the hosts of Top Gear to make some motoring show and also a farming show that Jeremy Clarkson now does. So Clarkson went from being fired by the BBC to making a lot more money when Amazon swooped in to take him. But apparently he wrote an opt-ed in whatever newspaper he writes for now, on the weekend, where he had a fantasy about Meghan Markle being paraded through the streets naked and being pelted by things as a kind of public shaming. And this has led to a discussion as to whether Clarkson should continue to have a role in the media. Now, there are two articles that kind of give context to this. One is in the Daily Mail, and that's always a bad sign, given the tendency of Daily Mail opinion piece writers. And this piece is by Dan Watson. And Dan Watson, or Wooten, is a New Zealander who, New Zealanders will be aware, has a very dim view of both New Zealand and our government. So Dan Wooten, or Watson, has written numerous articles in the UK about how bad life has been during the pandemic in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And these articles, to put it frankly, are stunningly inaccurate in a way where they might even look like they're fabricated. I'm not saying that Dan Wooten is making things up. I'm simply saying his views on things are so askew, you might think he's actually telling lies in print. And he's written a defense of Jeremy Clarkson by going, well, look, the, the opinion piece he wrote was very bad, but it's very chilling that someone should be punished for what they've written in the media. I mean, we can't have consequences to what people say. And he's alleging that actually the only people who are really concerned about this are the woke, woke culture warriors who had it in for Clarkson in the first place. He points out that Clarkson has offered an apology to Meghan Markle and her husband, Prince Harry What's-His-Face. And so really, that should be the end of the issue. And so this is a defense of one man by another man 
in the right-wing press. The more interesting and nuanced discussion actually comes from Vanity Fair, where they point out that, yes, Jeremy Clarkson claims to have apologised to Meghan Markle and her husband, Prince Harry, but actually, according to the Sussexes, the email that Jeremy Clarkson sent was only to Harry and was marked private and confidential. So he apologised to the husband, but not to the person that he actually offended. Those who point out that his daughter, that Jeremy Clarkson's daughter, not Prince Harry's daughter or Meghan Markle's daughter, has distanced herself from what her husband said. And they also point out that it's not clear that Clarkson is going to lose his hosting duties. ITV have already said that, yes, we condemn what Jeremy Clarkson wrote, but it has no bearing on his role as a host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And while certainly Amazon have pulled advertising for a recent season of Clarkson's Farm, they actually haven't said anything about him losing his position. So it seems to be it's scaremongering by people like Alex Jones and Dan Wootum, which is actually playing the role here. And the scaremongering seems to be, well, it would be terrible if elderly white men who say outrageous things actually then had to suffer the consequences of these outrageous things that they've said. And that's not a conspiracy. That's consequence culture. The idea that if you say something bad, people might take offence. And people who pay you might go, well, now you're bad for business. It's capitalism in action. And we should point out, we, I should point out, I'm speaking on behalf of Josh here, that these same outlets, these Dan Wootons, these Alex Joneses, these David Ikes, are very happy to condemn the words of other people, but they're very sad. There's a, a term that some people used to use back in the 90s and early 2000s. They're very butthurt by the idea that people might call them out. And they think it's a slippery slope. If you call Jeremy Clarkson out for his rampant misogyny, what's going to happen to Alex Jones? What is going to happen to Alex Jones? That's the operative question. So yes, that is my review of davidike.com and infowars.com. A slightly better selection of articles than usual, I have to say, and that there was some degree of variety but also quite depressing. So I'm going to ask my personal barista here at Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy Towers to make me, I think, a mochaccino with oat milk. Going to get someone to massage my feet and massage my scalp and just have a relaxing day because that's enough of this claptrap. I need to do something else. I need to clear my head. So that's it from the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy this week. There won't be a bonus episode for patrons, in part because having just done this recording of 30 minutes of looking at the stuff, talking directly to microphone with no edit whatsoever, I kind of feel that I need a break. And frankly, those patron bonus episodes, they work better when there's someone for penis ricochet to have a discussion with. And for those of you who aren't patrons and want to know what I'm referencing, well, become a patron to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, and you'll find out, because Josh and I have a plan. It's 
we're working on it, but we're working on a special bonus gift for existing patrons and a gift which will be available for new patrons for a limited amount of time. That limited amount of time being until such time the special gift runs out. So there is something special coming up. And if you want to know what that is or you want in on it, then you need to become a patron of the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. If you go to patreon.com and look for the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, you'll find our information there. But that's enough shilling. I don't really want to turn out to be an Alex Jones. So I'll talk to you all later. And by later, I mean sometime next week. Toodly pip!